Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network. And I'm joined by Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. Kate is not here today. She's on a work trip in Washington, D.C., living it up. So it's just us two. It's super weird. We always have three. It's been us three for how long now? I feel like I'm missing something. When I had to do the AO all by myself, like you could hear my voice. I don't like that. (laughs) It didn't have the typical, you know, boost to it, you know, of a two-person melody. Yeah, when you have two people, you can kind of hide. Hey, yo, you know, yeah, you hide it a little bit. Now I know how you feel having to do it alone. I'm so sorry. I'm so exposed. I feel so exposed every time. All right, so we're getting into week four. Crazy, we're already here. And I feel like I know nothing. Like, honestly, it, it, like before the season, I felt more confident in what's going to happen this year than I do now because – it feels like everyone that's not supposed to be scoring is scoring and everyone that's supposed to be scoring is not scoring. So before we really jump into our normal episode, we'll do the news and notes, our scrumptious starts, our fades of the week and help you with some start sit decisions at the end. I want to ask you a quick trivia question, right? Because oh, no. running backs this year are just absolutely terrible. Like it, it, it's been garbage, but at the top here, you have Saquon Barkley. He's still leading. He has the most fantasy points. We're looking at PPR here. It's really based off of that week one performance, but still, he's been all right. Then you have sure. Nick Chubb, who's been consistent. Who's the running back three this year? Okay. Are we talking full PPR here? Yes. I, oh, I think, even though he had a down week, he's had two really big weeks is it 32 year old Cordero Patterson (laughs) no but he is the running back (sighs) six okay okay oh god I don't know full PPO is it James Robinson it is it is James Robinson he is averaging 18.8 fantasy points per game after that you get Clyde Edwards Alaire and DeAndre Swift and then finally Patterson and Aaron Jones and then these next two running backs being in the top 10 is just absurd. Do you have any guesses? Any guesses at all? I really don't know if I could. I, I could barely scrounge. We're scoring up more the points than guy. Jonathan Taylor. Like this is insane to me. It's <sighs> you want to just take one guess of the two. I, I don't know. Is it Aaron Jones? Is it at least well, a relevant? He type was of number person? seven, but that doesn't count. Oh shoot. Okay. Because like we were expecting him to be up there. I got nothing then. It's Jamal Williams and Khalil <laughs> Herbert. just like we all drew it up just like we all drew it up just absolutely insane and when you're looking at the running back position to the wide receivers there's only four running backs this year scoring 17 plus fantasy points per game there are 16 wide receivers scoring that what are you doing jake like are we just fading running backs and trying to trade for some of these bigger name wide receivers like what are we doing (laughs) i don't know if you can do that though because i don't know that you can trade these running backs to anybody because everybody's been so disappointing all they have to do is check out the three-week stats and go i don't know they kind of sucked for two weeks i don't want them on my team either it does feel like this is the most streamable uh year so far for fantasy running backs that i can recall in a very long time So it makes me nervous for next year. That's for sure. Well, they're only streamable because no one's doing anything. It's not like you're grabbing these guys and they're putting up good weeks. It's like they're just doing what the other guys are doing. Pretty much nothing. 
Is there a name that you're thinking of that's disappointed so far that you would like to go try to trade for it because you think his season will get much better? It is for me still. Call me naive. But damn it, Travis Etienne has <laughs> to turn this season around. And he started to a little bit in week three. His usage seemed like, okay, if that was his week one usage, I would have been cool with that. <laughs> what he got in week three. So maybe he's just coming on a little bit slower. You know, it's been a while since he's played football. So hopefully that will happen. And he's scored more fantasy points so far than Ezekiel Elliott who everyone's just plugging in without question for whatever reason. If you named him John Smith, nobody would be playing him. Like, I don't get why Ezekiel Elliott just considered an automatic starter. He, like, should not be starting in your lineups unless you're desperate. Like, I mean, it's I guess the, legacy the volume, name. but yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's like Aaron Rodgers at quarterback or Tom Brady at quarterback. They go, well, we got to play him because I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess he does get some volume, so it makes a little bit of sense. But if I have to choose between ETN or Zeke the rest of the year, I'm going with ETN. So maybe that could be a trade you could go send and just try to get rid of Zeke just on the name. And he did score last week, so there's a chance that you could maybe get that done. All right, it's time. Let's hop into the news and notes. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. like a lot of injuries so I'm gonna start with a happy happy thing well it depends on your stance I guess but Zach Wilson is cleared to play and will start against the Steelers this week some people are excited those who want Elijah Moore to you know get back on track uh, have higher receiving yard games they think maybe Zach Wilson can save that and then others saying well Joe Flacco has thrown it one gazillion times so when Zach Wilson comes back you know it's not going to be the same but like Zach Wilson coming back doesn't fix their defense. So they're still going to have to throw. Obviously, it always has to come down because their pace right now is insane. What are your thoughts on Zach Wilson? Does it change anything for you with these pass catchers? It doesn't change a ton. And like you said, they're still going to have to throw it. But what I like about Joe Flacco for his fantasy assets, not for him, but for his assets is his just willingness to do it, whatever. He has that Jameis Winston-esque mentality of like, let's just figure it out. You know, we'll we'll throw it down there and see what happens. Zach Wilson still seems to be more reserved than that. Who knows? Maybe he'll surprise. But uh, I did like Flacco a little bit, but I'm not downgrading anybody substantially over this. Yeah, I will say Wilson last year did not target his running backs while the all the other quarterbacks were. So Brees Hall has been getting a ton of targets and Michael Carter and maybe those go down. But at the same time, like this often shouldn't change all too much. And hopefully it can get more efficient. We'll see if Zach Wilson can take that next step. But yeah, Joe Flacco has thrown it a gazillion times, but they're not like good targets. So, yeah, it, it, I don't think it'll get worse. Mac Jones is day to day for the Patriots with an ankle injury, but it sounds pretty like a pretty bad injury. And there's no way he plays this week. I don't think Brian Hoy Hoyer would start. <laughs> Are you starting any Patriots this week? Like well, Brian Hoyer. in fact, I'm going to talk about just one of them later on, but that person is the only one that I will be starting. So stay tuned for that. All right. I'm, I'm interested in hearing about it. Hopefully it's not any of the wide receivers because I can't get on board <laughs> uh, with the actual injuries. We know of Sterling Shepard out for the season with a torn ACL. Poor guy. Like, he worked his way back from Achilles last year and was looking good on the field. Like, how oh, man, that that stinks for him. But he's out. Dak Prescott, there was news that they're, the most realistic return is week six per Ian Rappaport. But, like, does it really matter? I feel like Cooper Rush is targeting these wide receivers kind of the same. Like, obviously, Dak Prescott's a better quarterback, and maybe there'll be more scoring opportunities. But I feel like for CeeDee Lamb, it's been better with Rush than it was with Dak week one. It's been great for him. And just props to Cooper Rush for being better than what I think anybody expected him to be for real life and for fantasy. So thank you, Cooper. Yes, thank you so much. I, I very much appreciate CeeDee Lamb coming back to life and not making me look like the biggest idiot in the world after this offseason. <laughs> 
We had a lot of news today. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday. So many guys didn't practice, and you're just going to have to keep an eye on those injuries to see if they're good for the rest of the week. But Christian McCaffrey missed practice with a thigh injury. It seems like every Wednesday, though, he has some injury pop up, and then he's good for the rest of the week. I don't know if they're just like making them up for rest days. I don't really know what's going on, but he should be okay. Jonathan Taylor missed practice with a toe injury, but it sounds like he's going to be completely fine and play. David Montgomery, ankle, uh, Dalvin Cook, shoulder, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and then you have DeAndre Swift. Like Those guys aren't practicing, and I, I, I don't know if they're going to play this week. Out of those four names, Montgomery, Dalvin Cook, St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift, do you, do you have a good feeling about any of them? The only one, if he does officially play, that I would be like, yep, he's still an auto start for me, is DeAndre Swift of that group. But it's just, I, I don't expect that to be the case. And it, it seems like he's not going to. So it should yeah. be Jamal Williams week. But he's the only one that I'd be like, yep, I got to get him in my lineup. The other three I'd have a lot more caution for. You know, St. Brown finished the game. And he had a, still had a decent game. So if he plays, I'm still throwing him in there. But... We'll have to just keep an eye on that. Also, TJ Hawkinson for the Lions foot injury. He's also not practicing. I mean, he doesn't do anything anyway, so I guess it doesn't really matter. <laughs> he and scored then Mike- a touchdown last week. Ah, Come on. Yeah. And then Michael Thomas. Oh, my goodness. He is dealing with some toe injury. Just keep an eye on that. The Saints this year with Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas have been all over the place. Uh, but he was not practicing. We'll see if he can you know, get going towards the end of the week. Limited in practice was Dalton Schultz, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. And Gabe Davis, again, was limited to start the week with that ankle injury. He didn't do much last week. So I would like to see him out there in practice because this week's matchup is amazing against the Ravens. So he needs to be a full go and you're plugging him into your lineups. And then one, I don't really have anything to give you here, but Tua and Jalen Waddle are both questionable for Thursday night football there's no way that Tua sits against the Bengals right like he already played through the concussion last week or the back injury but like he's playing right I think so it but also every report recently has been flip-flop it's like well we knew that this was going to happen this is a, like a plan sort of thing and then it's like okay but also we're switching up like who is playing with the first team offense all of a sudden I don't know I don't trust it I really don't trust him. And then Jalen Waddle, groin. I mean, those are tricky. Those are tricky ones. And one play could, you know, tweak it and he could be out. But if Jalen Waddle plays, you play him. I mean, he's just too good to sit. So you got to risk that. That should be a fun matchup, though. So I really hope Tua plays because I don't want to watch Teddy Bridgewater on Thursday night football. Although that would be (laughs) the most Thursday night football thing to happen. I feel like all the injuries happen for those games. Uh, we've done so good with Thursday night football. We can't have that ruin it. I mean, did you enjoy the Steelers versus the Browns last Thursday night? I kind of did. I'm sure more than you did. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett just tearing up the Steelers <laughs> secondary. It was a blast. It was a great time. I didn't have 10 white claws in me or anything. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh let's jump into some happy stuff. Let's get into our scrumptious starts of the week. <laughs> So meaty. What's not to like? Custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right, Jake, we'll start with you. Each of us are going to do three of our favorite starts this week since Kate's not here. Um, so we're not, you're not going to lose out on any people. We're giving you, I mean, I guess we didn't let her pick, but we picked. So start <laughs> with yours. All right. Well, I feel like I am doing Kate very proud with this first one. And so I wanted to lead off with Damian Pierce versus the Chargers this week. Uh, Per our friend Liz Loza on Twitter, nearly half of Pierce's total yards have come after contact. And it just so happens that the Chargers are allowing the sixth most yards per carry after contact and just the eighth most fantasy points to opposing running backs in general. I mean, some of that is due to who they've faced, but also now Joey Bosa is out for that defense. So that's a gigantic blow all around. To me, that says two things. 
one, obviously, it should just be easier for Damian Pierce himself. But two, it should be a little bit easier for the Houston offense to just keep up, which is very, very necessary for a guy like Damian Pierce, who doesn't get a ton of targets, to be able to have them stay in the game so that in the fourth quarter, you're still seeing fantasy points come from this guy. And I think that will be the case. I mean, the Chargers have had their own issues on offense here lately as well. I mean, the injuries are pretty ridiculous overall with them, top to bottom, T to B. Uh, So Justin Herbert, we'll see how he does in week four. I'm expecting better than last week against Jacksonville when they only put up 10 points total, not what we are used to seeing from the Chargers offense. Um, But overall, I just feel like this is a better matchup than people might think looking on paper initially, again, mostly because of the injury. So I feel very good. I also don't care about his fumbles last week. I know he had to seem like he got benched after that second one. They were also moving into their hurry up offense, which is typically Rex Burkhead territory anyhow. So I'm not super concerned about that, but I'm playing him over guys like Daryl Henderson and Josh Jacobs this week with full confidence. Yeah, easy. I feel like Pierce is one of those guys you just have to start plugging in every week. Like he is, he's probably going to be touched on or bust, like you said, because he's not getting a lot of targets. But that's so many running backs this year. I mean, all of them pretty much suck. So with Damian <laughs> Pierce looking good out there and he's getting the touches, he pretty much just has to be an auto start. So I like that by you. And this is a nice matchup. All right, I'm going with my man who has done nothing so far this year, but I'm going with Elijah Moore. He gets my Steelers, and my favorite players love to do nothing until they face the Steelers. There was, I'm just going to like sidetrack here for a little bit for like one second. A few years back, Rashad Penny, I loved him, right? He does absolutely nothing. I go to a Steelers game, Rashad Penny breaks off like a 40-yard touchdown, and he scores, breaks my heart. Then you got two years ago, Zach Moss's rookie season. The Zach Moss does absolutely nothing. The Steelers are trying to shut down the Bills to get the ball back at the end of the game. And all of a sudden, Zach Moss is unstoppable. He gets like five first downs for them. <laughs> so I fully expect Elijah Moore to break my heart this week and go off against the Steelers. There is no running, there's no wide receiver that has run more routes than Elijah Moore this year. It's just he's not getting the same targets like Garrett Wilson, his counterpart, is getting. I mean, I shouldn't even say that. He's just not getting the same receptions because last week he had 10 targets. It just only turned into four receptions for 49 yards. In week one, he had seven targets. Week two, he had five. So, like, he's being utilized. He's out there. And talking about Garrett Wilson, like, I am happy to start him as well. But he is dealing with a rib injury. He sustained it in week three. He came back to play. But like, as we saw with Justin Herbert, yeah, you can come back and play that week, but those are going to get sore and you're going to be dealing with that pain. And I can't imagine running routes and getting hit. Like as soon as you catch a ball with a rib injury. So will he be hundred percent? I doubt it. The Steelers are just not looking good on defense after week one, like without TJ Watt, it's, they don't get pressure and they're giving up a ton of receptions. Nelson Aguilar had 110 yards. Amari Cooper had 101 yards and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers had nine receptions for 95 yards. Of course, Jamar Chase did this thing with 129 yards and a reception. Uh, our starting corner, I say R, the Steelers starting corner, Akella Witherspoon, uh, is likely not to play. It's just brutal for the Steelers right now. And I, I expect even with Zach Wilson, one of these wide receivers to go off, and I, I think it's Elijah Moore. So I'm going to play him over guys like Rashad Bateman, over Juju, over Allen Robinson, Allen Lazard, Brandon Ayuk. Like, I, I want Elijah Moore in my lineup this week. I like that. I I appreciate you giving me some confidence in him because it has been really tough selecting to this point. I do think, like, man, the quarterback change could be the best thing in the world for Elijah Moore, and, and fingers crossed that that happens. So I do like that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now. I'll be crying while he does it because if the Steelers lose to the Jets, man. Bittersweet. <laughs> that, Maybe that emphasis suck, right? on the bitter. <laughs> it's, it's all right. All right, Jake, who's your second guy? Well, here's some bittersweet territory for myself as well because I am choosing one Patriots player. Now, I don't think he's going to win the game for them against my beloved Green Bay Packers, but I do think Ramondre Stevenson is actually set up for a low-key nice game this week playing them. 
And part of the reason is just simply what his individual usage has been. This is per the Fantasy Life newsletter. Check it out. Uh, Stevenson has gotten the edge over Damian Harris here, especially in these last couple of weeks. 50% of the rushing attempts in week three were his. And he also handled the majority of passing downs. Very important for this matchup, I think. Uh, included all of the two-minute offense and 64% route participation. Now, obviously, Brian Hoyer takes over, right? And that just gives you a sense of dread. But I will say Brian Hoyer in his relief starts, few and far between as they have been, have not been awful, especially for the running backs that he's played with. I think it does help that he spent the majority of his career with Bill Belichick. So it's like, if somebody's going to have the confidence to use this guy at least decently to keep them in the game, it should be Bill Belichick. Now, the Packers did lose uh, Jair Alexander, it seems like, at least for this week. So that will be a bit of a help in just keeping things steady. But it's just also the Packers' rush defense, not great. Dead last in uh, DVOA in the NFL. Patriots rush offense first in that category. So it seems like. If they can stay with the run, Stevenson should be good. Again, he'll get some targets in there. I'm not saying it's going to be pretty, but a lot of this game is probably going to fall on his shoulders. So look for another touchdown maybe from him as well. So would you go with Damian Pierce or Stevenson? I would go with Pierce above Stevenson, irregardless of the uh, passing work. And then Stevenson or A.J. Dillon in the same game? Sadly, I'm going to go with Stevenson. I would love for AJ Dillon to prove me wrong. He's been a bit disappointing here. After uh, we, since week, that week one, one looked so good. Up. Week yeah. one looked amazing. And then it's been the, well, it was Aaron Jones show in week two, and then neither of them did much of anything in week three. It was a hard matchup. So hopefully yeah. he can get back on track. I think I'm still sticking with Dillon over Stevenson, but I like Stevenson coming into this year. Like I, I wished he could take over that role for Damian Harris. So hard to trust a backfield for uh, Bill Belichick, but I, I like sure. this play by you. All right. My second guy, Chris Olave, the rookie wide receiver for the saints. He gets to go against the Vikings this week. Since the start of last season, the Vikings are allowing the second most fantasy points to the wide receiver position in the NFL. You have Michael Thomas banged up. We don't even know if he's going to play. And it doesn't even really matter because Chris Olave is killing it in the target category. 13 targets each of the last two weeks. He had 13 targets for 80 receiving yards in week two. And then 13 targets for 147 receiving yards in week three. Like, guys, these are his two of his first three games in the NFL. And he's already just doing his thing. Now, yeah, Jameis Winston, you know, we'll see a few plays in this game. But even if it's Andy Dalton, that's fine with me. Like, he's peppered wide receivers in his career. He knows how to get to ball to him. He even peppered Darnell Mooney last year with targets. And he was much better for Mooney, Mooney than it seems like Fields is. So I, I'm still plugging him, Chris Olave. I think it'll be a huge week for him against the secondary. I, I like him even more than Christian Kirk this week, which is kind of crazy. Uh, against the Eagles. I like him more than DK Metcalf, more than Terry McLaurin, more than Brandon Cook. So like, it's not like I'm just saying I like him more than these flex plays. I like him better than a, a lot of these, you know, bigger named wide receivers. I got to say, this makes me feel all kinds of the best uh, chills because Chris Olave was my highest ranked rookie wide receiver coming into this year. It just seemed like he was the most primed and ready from the start, I'm very happy. I got a little bit skittish then once they, that Michael Thomas was for sure back and Jarvis Landry was in there. Like all these guys could play the exact same type of style and, and I won't know who to track. But I actually think Chris Olave is going to have an amazing rest of season, not even just this week. Like start him for sure this week, but he's a pretty much auto start for me the rest of the way too. Yeah, and he was doing that against two pretty hard secondaries. I mean, the Buccaneers are one of the best defenses in the league. The Panthers are actually really good at stopping the pass. I, I feel like Olave had pretty much every passing yard in this game. I mean, there was a point where Winston had nothing, and he ended up with 147 yards for Olave. So that's really impressive. I think he needs to go into your lineup and keep him there. He'll have disappointing weeks like everybody, every other wide receiver, but keep him in your lineup for the rest of the year. Jake, who's your second? or no, your third scrumptious start of the week. 
My third scrumptious start, I think you're going to like, Michelle. I think you're going to be very happy with this I am one. so happy you <laughs> picked him, so I didn't. I was like, Michelle, you cannot talk about this man again. So I didn't yeah. let myself do it. But I'm so happy to hear you do it. This is honestly, of all of the guys we've talked about so far, this is my favorite play of the week. Yeah. Gabriel Davis against the Baltimore Ravens. You talked about him a little bit up top. I want to explore this a bit more. This is the game why you drafted Gabe Davis. This is why you took him, if you did, for a game like this against Baltimore. So Baltimore has allowed the most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks, the third highest yards per pass attempt, the third highest passing touchdowns per game rate. They've also allowed the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Now, Davis has not floundered. I don't want to say that. Obviously, week two, he missed some time with an ankle injury. Week three against the Dolphins, it wasn't a prime showing for him. But even despite the ankle injury and maybe not being 100% last week, he still had the highest air yards per target of anybody on the team. So they still trust him to be the deep threat, big play guy here. Davis has the highest yards per touch of anybody on the Bills at this point. Again, injury be damned. And Baltimore is going to let him and Stephon Diggs eat the entire game. Davis is a big play guy in what is bound to be a game of just gigantic plays on both sides of the ball. Like this is my most exciting game on the slate that I can't wait to watch just in general because the offenses should be amazing. But like Gabe Davis in particular, I'm keeping my eye out like, He, to me, is a top 12 play pretty easily this week. I'm playing him over DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Debo Samuel even. I think Cortland Sutton's kind of crazy because he's just so good. You know, that's my dude. Like, I have – Gabe Davis is my dude too. But, you know, just play both of them. That's really just the the outcome I've come to. Just play both of them. But – if you have Josh Allen this week, like congratulations on your win. If I, I don't even know if I have to play him anywhere yet, but like, just give up. Like, honestly, like you need, if you're playing against Josh Allen, you are going to need some huge, like guys that can go off in your lineup. So don't go safe. Don't be playing like Khalil Herbert or something. I don't know why I brought his name up or like a guy that like you're hoping for 12 points. No, you need like to shoot for the moon because you need Gabe Davis on you your Gabe team. Davis. So you can vulture oh, some of those points. That would be amazing. No, this should be a great game. I'm very excited. And you would think it's like a hard matchup for Lamar Jackson against the bills, but you just know Lamar is going to come through. Like you just know yeah. it. He's going to come through like no other quarterback head against them. And it should be such a fun game. Is that at one o'clock? Did they, Ooh, let, did they throw that game like at one o'clock? Cause that would stink. That should be a prime time game. They fun. have been the worst at flexing games. It feels like already. I don't even know point. if they're like, allowed to yet. I think there's like a certain, yeah, game? it's at, it's at one o'clock. Ugh. Man, that would have been such a good Sunday night game. Although the chiefs versus the Buccaneers, that's not the worst. I guess sure. you're never going to take Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady out of prime time. Like that's never going to happen. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, my last scrumptious start of the week is Jamal Williams, Lions running back against the Seahawks. As I brought up to start the show, Jamal Williams is a top 10 fantasy running back this year, and he's been doing it with DeAndre Swift playing with him. Now, it's mostly due to touchdowns, right? He scored four rushing touchdowns through three weeks, two in two games. So he scored two in week one and two last week. But the thing is, he's getting all the opportunities inside the 10-yard line. He has eight carries inside the 10-yard line. That's the most in the NFL this season. And with DeAndre Swift now hurt, he gets the backfield pretty much, you would think, all to himself. So he's going to get even more carries. He did well last week on his 20 rushing attempts. And then Amon Ross St. Brown is dealing with an injury. TJ Hawkinson is dealing with an injury. They might need to use him more as a, uh, a pass catcher. But even that, like, I expect this to be a game where the Lions, they don't have to throw all that much. Like, they should be able to run the ball, get down near the goal line, score against the Seahawks. Like, this should be a game where Jamal Williams gets fed a ton. And the Seahawks have allowed the second most rushing yards and the fourth most fantasy points in the NFL to running backs this season. Jamal Williams is going to be ranked inside the top 10 for me this week at the running back position. I'm playing him over James Conner, over Ezekiel Elliott for sure over CEH, over Jeff Wilson, like 
Jamal Williams should be in your lineup. There's not enough good running backs out there for him not to be. This makes me feel very good because although I whiffed on my DeAndre Swift call at this point so far coming into the year, I was like, I don't want DeAndre Swift. He's going to bust. I don't trust him where he's being drafted. And that has proven to not be true. My logic and rationale, at least, of Jamal Williams being a dude in that offense and vulturing a lot of red zone work, at least that part has stuck this far. And without any competition, I mean, Craig Reynolds, like, yeah, he'll come in for a few snaps here and there, but I'm very excited for Jamal. I can't wait to see what kind of dances he does this week. That's (laughs) really what I want. He does have the best personality. I wish they would mic him up during the game. That would be so entertaining. That would be, he should be mic'd up every game. And there should just be a season long highlight of that by season's end. Like that could be a tag to hard knocks. Like we got to see him flash preseason. Let's get the postseason <laughs> recap for him too. Just mic him up every game. That would be amazing. All right, let's get into our biggest phase of the week. We're just going to do two each here. Uh, Jake, let's start with your farty McFarterson of the week. My my farty McFarterson of the week, one of them at least, is Clyde Edwards Alaire. Uh, I was trying to think of a fart pun while I was saying his name that I could work in. I could see this is where we need Caden here is to get the fart pun. Oh yeah, she would have had there. a dad joke so fast. It would have been great, but Clyde Edwards Alaire. <laughs> you mentioned up at the top, like the fact that this dude is a top five fantasy running back right now does not feel real to me. At all, because I, I see him play and I go, how did he, how did he get there? He's <laughs> not used enough to be like that kind of guy. It feels like those seasons, this is a throwback, but like the Danny Woodhead days of like, how is this guy like a, a top 10 running back? It feels like that with CEH. And the reason is he's just not gotten much work. Like what I'm seeing with my eyes is reflected in the stats, 46th. In terms of rushing attempts, 46. He doesn't have more than eight rushing, eight rushes in any game this year. It's wild. And he also had a game last week with zero rushing yards, but a touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown on zero rushing yards. Again, this is not a mistake. (laughs) He had a touchdown on zero yards seven rushing attempts at this goes to show how poor he can be and it's not like the targets have been wild he's had three four and five targets over the course of the first three games like five targets don't get me wrong I'm happy with that if I'm rostering a running back like that that's an okay floor but he is now going against Tampa Bay and this is where I have the big problem this week is you cannot be that inefficient and then play a defense like Tampa Bay, who is allowing the second fewest total yards, that's rushing and receiving, to running backs through the first three weeks. So Jarek McKinnon, I don't know, his usage has been strange as well in that same Chiefs backfield. But with or without his involvement, this is not a matchup that, frankly, I'm not looking to start any Chiefs outside of Mahomes because you have to, and then Travis Kelsey because you have to. But overall, like I'm just not thrilled to start any Kansas City player, and that definitely includes CEH. Yeah, I'm with you there. That I did not realize actually how little of volume he's getting. I, I knew he wasn't getting like insane volume, but I didn't think he was averaging seven and a half carries a game. That's brutal. That is. That's not. That's not great. Yeah. If you can go, you know, sell him on the cheap. Who would you rather have the rest of the season, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Travis Etienne? Because you probably could do that trade pretty easily. You could get that done. Oh, absolutely. And I would take Etienne out of that. And you could probably get a little bit more on top You should be able to get more on top. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a a wide receiver that's been disappointing or, yeah, for sure. I would go try to do that. All right. My duo here that I'm fading, it's an obvious duo that you would fade, but I'm pretty much saying, like, you can't start them. It's not just spade. It's like, do not start altogether. And it's Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers against the 49ers. So far this season, it's just been a headache in that backfield. You had 
In week one, Cam Akers get three rushing attempts, zero fantasy points, and Daryl Henderson looked to be the guy there, but still only had 12 fantasy points. And then in week two, it kind of switched over the Cam Akers to getting more work. Neither of them did much of anything in fantasy. 10 points for Henderson, eight points for Akers. And then in week three, Daryl Henderson wasn't used like at all, like given volume. And then Cam Akers was... He even scored a touchdown and still only scored 10 points in PPR league. Like you got a touchdown and you still only scored 10 points. It's really bad. Now, Daryl Henderson still played the same amount of snaps as Akers, 24 snaps for each. But for whatever reason, Henderson only had four touches on his 24 snaps while Akers had 12. I just, I don't want anything to do with this backfield because you don't know who's going to get the touches. Nobody's been very good with the touches. And the 49ers have been a dominant run defense this year. They're allowing just 2.9 yards per carry this season. And dating back to last year, since week 10 of last season, the 49ers have allowed just one running back to have 60 uh, plus rushing yards in a game against them. It was Travis Homer. He had 80 yards. 73 of them came on a fake punt. So that doesn't even really count. And he's the only guy to have the 60 plus rushing yards against them. If you take out that Travis Homer performance, the 49ers have allowed just three running backs to score even more than 12 fantasy points in a game against them. That was Melvin Gordon. He last week, 16 points was the most that they've allowed since week 10 last year. And then Dalvin cook with 14 points. Rex Burke had 14 points. The, the thing with those guys, they all had five plus receptions in that matchup. Like you just can't expect that from Henderson or cam Akers, And that's just to get just, 14 points. Like I, I'm not, I'm not touching it. I don't want to start them whatsoever. I'm sitting them for obviously Jamal Williams, Damian Pierce, sitting them for Melvin Gordon, sitting them for Michael Carter. I, I the list would go on and on and on. I, I'm not starting them this week. Yeah. The fact that you're willing to roll out Michael Carter over them, I think says everything. <laughs> and I'm yeah. so disappointed because I so thought after that first game, Daryl Henderson, it's your time. You are going to be the man. And and then came Akers' poor showing in week two. Or I shouldn't say poor, but let's just say less than spectacular. I thought, you will go back to Daryl Henderson. And they are not going back to Daryl Henderson. So it's just frustrating. And uh, yeah, I'm with you, unfortunately. It's just, it's gross. They're, they're splitting a backfield completely while both of them are not being very efficient and it's not it's not a pretty one the matchup's disgusting all right jake your second fate of the week i'll be honest i don't feel as good as i did about ceh with this farty fade so i don't even want to call him a farty fade he's just going to be a regular fade for me but it is trevor lawrence who is playing against the philadelphia eagles this week And if you were a believer in the Jacksonville Jags offense coming into this season, congratulations, because you got a ton of cheap fantasy pieces on your roster. Uh, The one disappointment has been Travis Etienne kind of to this point, but everybody else has really been living up to expectations. Trevor Lawrence, uh, I can't say enough good things about him. He's had, you know, 235 passing yards was his minimum. I think he hit that maybe twice last year with Urban Meyer as his head coach. So he's clearly coming out of the urban effect. What I'm concerned about, yes, his uh, efficiency has certainly gone up through these first three games. Passing touchdowns have been higher through these first three games. He's just looked better through the first three games. Philadelphia is a buzzsaw for opposing quarterbacks right now. And until I see somebody like Trevor Lawrence do well against them, I'm not going to start that because Philly has allowed the six fewest passing yards, fourth worst completion percentage. It's not like Trevor Lawrence has all the weapons in the world. What I do think will hopefully happen is he has to look towards Travis Etienne a little bit more this game because I think his wide receivers are going to be shut down a lot more than they have been in the past. So fingers up or not figure fingers up. (laughs) I I don't know. Fingers up where, but it is definitely wheels up. I think for Travis Etienne, but I'm definitely timid about everybody else on this team. Yeah. It's hard to trust Trevor Lawrence. He has been, he has been looking good. Don't get me wrong, but this is a hard matchup. And I mean, the quarterbacks also though, are just not pretty this year. I feel like there's, you got your handful of guys who are studs, 
and then a rest like how disappointing are it has Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson been this year Derek Carr is not doing what people expected him to do now that he has Devontae Adams Matthew Stafford has been meh it's like it, Kyler Murray it's been just okay it, it's been not really fun unless you have Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts it's not it's not been a fun time so if you have to start Trevor Lawrence I get it right yeah, but also there's guys like even Kirk Cousins who doesn't have a great matchup against the Saints. I'd rather start Kirk this week. Uh, I know that feels bad to trust. I'd also rather start, you mentioned him, I'd rather start Russell Wilson against the Raiders. Just purely yep. matchup, and it feels like that's a better bounce-back situation. Yep, he's my favorite matchup of the week this week. I'm giving a spoiler alert for my NFL dot com column that comes out on Friday, but his matchup is very great against the Raiders and he should have his breakout game, but let's see if Nathaniel Hackett allows that to happen. My second fade of the week. He's kind of like yours. Like it's Kyler Murray at the Panthers and you probably can't sit him, right? We're talking about how gross the quarterback position is. Like there's not really going to be anyone that you're thinking about sitting him for. I'm just saying it might not be a great game. Murray has just 10 passing touchdowns in his last 11 games played, including the playoffs. 10, 10 passing touchdowns in 11 games played. Kyler Oof. Murray. He has just four total touchdowns through three games this season. He had 10 total touchdowns through three games last year. So it's been a massive decline. Uh, everything he's been doing this season, like he's come through for fantasy in two of the three weeks because of garbage time. Like, fourth quarter garbage time he's made up and you're like okay I'll I'll live with 20 points for sure thank you Kyler but the thing is against the Panthers is there going to be a need for garbage time like what's Baker going to do on the other side is he going to be up 30 to 10 I don't think so this is probably going to be like a 15 to 12 game or 16 to 13 and like he's probably not going to have to make this big comeback the Cardinals have scored 39 of their 62 total points in the fourth quarter this year the most obviously in the NFL and I, I just don't see this game working that same way the Panthers defense is actually really solid especially against the pass they've allowed um, just a 79 opponent passer rating ninth in the NFL they've allowed just three passing touchdowns this season now they haven't played good quarterbacks but it's been one to Jacoby Brissett one to Daniel Jones and one to Jameis Winston They've allowed under 200 passing yards per game. They're actually the fourth in the NFL when it comes to their defense against the pass. And J.C. Horn is actually like a pretty baller corner. It's his, he was drafted in the top 10 last year, his second season. He is killing it. He's allowing the lowest passer rating when targeted in the NFL. So if he takes on Marquise Brown, what the hell is Kyler Murray going to do? Like, Pass to Greg Dortch 20 times. Like he already does, but like that's not a winning formula. I don't think it's going to be a good game for him at all. You, you need him to use his legs and maybe he'll be all right. Like you're probably going to start him. But if for any reason someone has dropped Russell Wilson, right? Maybe pick him up. I'm not saying to drop Kyler, but if you have space, pick him up, play him over him. I did have maybe I'd play Trevor Lawrence over Kyler Murray, but now you scared me off of that. So probably not. I guess I would just trust Kyler's wheels, I guess, hopefully. But I don't, yeah, I definitely don't feel confident about either. The Greg Dortch season is underway for us all. Uh, also, I think Zach Ertz will have a game, but these aren't like yeah. big play dudes. So and this is not scary. a guy I would ever think about, you know, picking up and playing and wasting a spot. But if I could bet, I would bet that Mitch Trubisky has a better fantasy week than Kyler Murray this week. I would never put that into my lineups, but like, <laughs> I would just, I, I would make that bet if I could anywhere, if I was allowed to bet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not, that would be all on you, but uh, I'm sure the odds would be fantastic for that. bet. Yeah. I mean, it would be amazing. No, like, I have Kyler Murray in a couple places. I really liked Kyler Murray coming this year. I'm still going to play him. I'm just not excited about it and I don't expect great things. So just kind of stinks. It's a hard matchup. All right, that's it for our farty farts, our fades of the week. Uh, but before we end the show, we always want to go through a few, you know, like flex decisions that you might be making this week. Uh, just guys that they're, they're hard decisions, man. It's so hard in those flex spots or your RB2 spots. So let's go through a, a few of these. So you got Khalil Herbert 
with David Montgomery, likely you would think missing this week, but Khalil Herbert at the Giants or Antonio Gibson at the Cowboys. Which one are you going with? They're both pretty much touched on or bust. So, see, I don't know. I feel a little bit validated. I had called David Montgomery a start for last week. Obviously, he gets hurt right away. And Khalil Herbert looked really good. That matchup against the Giants feels perfect the Giants on offense for their part have just not been keeping up I'm shocked that they've won any games quite frankly but so it's not going to be a high scoring thing I do think that Herbert will get a ton of work it's not that I dislike Gibson but I almost made Herbert a start for this week so I'm gonna ride with him listen Jake either the Giants or the Bears are going to be three and one to start the season so gross can we (laughs) write a letter to the NFL to make that not happen like both of their offenses are just so bad and it's not even like I feel like their defense are all that great like they're good don't get me wrong but it doesn't I don't know it's just it's pretty crazy but uh looking at Antonio Gibson he has 28 or 26 carries over the last two weeks for just 66 yards but he does have a touchdown in both of the weeks so that saved him that's what does save this is who he's been like honestly the last two years it's do you get into the end zone? Okay, then you are right. If not, then you weren't. And since week one with those receptions, they're not using him like that anymore. I don't know what happened. Like they they won the game, they were looking good, and then they just stopped using him. But so I'm going with Cleo Herbert. He's the better running back and he should get more volume. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, Brees Hall, rookie running back for the Jets at the Steelers, who have been struggling to stop the run. Or Melvin Gordon against the Raiders. Really nice matchup for both of these. Yeah, it's a good enough matchup for both who are kind of the 1Bs, I guess. Well, Brees Hall, I don't know, seems kind of like the 1A right now. I I was so ready to say Hall like automatically, but then you kind of got me scared a little bit about the switch over from Flacco to Wilson, you know, cutting into his targets because like if a dude can get 11 targets in a game, I'm going to go with that guy. nine times out of 10. And that is Hall. I think I'm still going to go with that because I think it's going to be a much better Javante game than a Melvin game. Yeah. It's hard because it seems like Melvin Gordon is still, he, he still has the juice and he looks good and he's still getting a lot of snaps. And then you look at Brees Hall though, and he's getting so many targets, but it's weird. In week two, he only had one target. But then in week one, he had nine. In week three, he had 11. The issue is, if he's not getting those targets, I don't think he's going to do all that well because six carries, seven carries, eight carries. Yeah. And I don't know how many goal line opportunities they're going to have. Like, oh, man. I don't even know why I put this question in here because I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> Just to frustrate everybody of like, well, they're both probably going to suck. So just pick your uh, most favorite of the suckiness. (laughs) I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon. I would go with Melvin Gordon there, but it's close. All right. This one's going to hurt all of our souls. Just so you know, this is like, this is 2022 fantasy football in a nutshell. DJ Moore versus the Cardinals or Isaiah McKenzie, the slot wide receiver for the Bills, in case you don't know, against the Ravens. What? How did we get to this point where this is a legitimate question that we have to ask? Why do I bother playing fantasy football when this is the decision that I have? Why do to we make? bother doing research in the off season and acting uh, like we know anything? And just for context, in case people are thinking this is an overstatement, DJ Moore, Mark of the Beast so far through three games, six, six, six targets, uh, three receptions has been his max in any of those. He doesn't have even close to a hundred yards yet um, in three games. I'm not going to start that guy. I know Isaiah McKenzie is probably, I mean, with Gabe Davis, I'm kind of betting against myself because I I love Davis, but I was talking about that matchup being an amazing one. So I'm going to lean into the matchup and say McKenzie. Yeah. And I mean, the Ravens have allowed like the most yards everywhere, but they are allowing a league high receiving yards out of the slot this season. And that's where McKenzie plays. They're allowing a lot of touchdowns out of the slot. McKenzie last week had nine targets, seven receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Like you need the volume with him because he's going to average pretty low yards per reception. But I think in this matchup, they're gonna have to keep up with Lamar. Like the Bills secondary is still banged up. 
So they're going to be throwing a ton to keep up with Lamar. So I'm going to go with McKenzie. Love Gabe Davis more, but I'll, I'll go with McKenzie here over DJ Moore, which is really sad. I'm so sorry, <laughs> DJ Moore. Uh, I believed in Baker Mayfield and no, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> All right. And then one more question. And this is the exact same type of thing. Like what is happening? It's Alan Robinson at San Fran or Greg Dortch Cardinals wide receiver at the car or at the Panthers. Look, I, I believe that there are better days ahead for Alan Robinson on this team for the whole offense. Truly. I think the whole Rams offense is kind of weirdly stuck in the mud right now. I, I think it'll get better. I don't think it's going to get better against San Francisco. Yeah. And so for this week, you have Dorch, use Dorch. This is your basically last week until Rondale Moore comes back and probably eats into his workload. So I would go Dorch. I mean, Greg Dorch, he's had 50 plus receiving yards each game. He had 10 targets, nine receptions, 80 yards last week. Week one, nine targets, seven receptions, 63 yards. Like if you're playing against... Josh Allen, you don't play Greg Dortch. Like that's rule number one. This is what we're talking about. Greg Dortch is a guy. If you have a lot of high upside throughout your lineup, like let's say you have Josh Allen and you're just like, dude, I should win this week. I need a player that's not going to give me two points, like DJ Moore has been giving me, or Allen Robinson can give me. I'm gonna go with Greg Dortch. I know he's gonna get me 10 PPR points. Like that's the play to go. Now, if you're facing Josh Allen, that's the opposite play to go. You know, like it's like that. Uh, but yeah, just not looking at your entire team and your opponent. I, I expect Greg Dortch to probably outscore Allen Robinson, which is just, again, so sad. So That's sad. so 2022, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Um, do you listen to the fantasy footballers? I do. Do you, uh, my favorite is when Jason says about Greg Dortch, he says, what a Dortch. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I hear, that's all I think of every time. I uh, see or hear the name Greg Dorch and I love it. It just, what a Dorch. I want to get the nickname Dorch the Torch going, but so far nobody's been on board with it. I think he really needs a blow game torch this week. He doesn't Torch anybody. He catches the ball for eight yards reception. That's not torching anybody. <laughs> okay. Maybe it needs some work. Dorch the we'll opposite get there. of Torch. That could be true. <laughs> It's small print, the opposite of, above the same, for sure. I'm so sorry, everyone, that this fantasy season has been brutal, but it's been brutal for all of us. And we're going to keep chugging along. We're going to get those wins. We're going to figure it out. I promise. Keep following us. If you have any questions before this uh, before this week, hit us up on Twitter. Make sure to smash that five-star review for us, please, on uh, whatever wherever you listen to podcasts. We need some more reviews. If you want to leave us a nice little, you know, review, we'll read it on the pod. So please do that. You can find me, Michelle, on Twitter at Ball Blast and Ball Blast DM. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye.